Come on, come all, come gather round. Come hear tales both lost and found. Grab yourself a drink with a splash of lime. It's David and Michael's story time. Hey everyone, welcome back to another exciting episode of Story Time. I'm the titular character, David Miller. And I'm the booty character, Michael Santel, <laughs> ready to find out this part two of three in this David Chronicles of Animals. Yes, sir. Uh, so last, if you're if you're just joining us, you are not only joining on book twenty one of a series, which is actually the twenty fourth book in the series. Yes, uh, correct. That we'll have done so far, but also book two of a trilogy. So good on you for just going into the wild unknown. You uh, Listen, before you get to the thick of it, go at least listen to the last episode so you know where <laughs> we're starting off. But if this is your first time, welcome for being here. David, I don't even... I have real quick predictions. Yes. I kind of just want to hop into this one. Yes. I kind of want to know what's going to happen. Well, yeah, so, so we'll... Give me whatever real quick thing you have, but before we do that, like let's just go back to like the, the basest of basest facts of last time, right? There's a new kid. His dad works. His dad works for the military as a secret spy. The NSA. Uh, They ruined the family home. They had a berserker fight with aliens and animals. The whole nine yards. They ruined that house. Our main kid had the box from the animorphs and got the ability, but didn't know. He didn't get the ability until they gave it to him. He just right, but he but he had the box. Yeah, and that's did why he his... lose? Did they lose the box? No, did they, they take it. the so, box? So, so okay, so I'll I'll do it. <laughs> Kid named David found the box. Animorphs find out he found the box. Tried to steal it. Fucked up. He then figures it must be valuable, so I'm gonna sell it. He posts it online. He asks Marco to be his like second in the yeah. the transaction. The um, online illegal drug deals that yeah, they're yeah, doing yeah. with alien technology. Uh, the Yurks show up. Big battle happens in his bedroom. His parents get caught and turned into controllers. They yeah. get away with David and the box. David is unconscious when they all get away. Marco takes the box out of his backpack. They argue with each other about what to do with him. They decide, let's make him one of us. He wakes up. They make him one of them. Uh, he acquires a few animals, namely a golden eagle, a cockroach, and a lion, I think is what we know of. Oh, um, didn't know about the lion, but that, that'll show up real soon. Yeah. That's nice to have a big cat in that, there. Because they took him to the zoo to get something with teeth, whatever he wants. I guess it didn't say at that point what he took. Yeah, it's a he lion. Took, he, took a, he took a David's. male lion. Uh, Great. Spoilers. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Uh, so I, I have all three of these books in my head, so it's a, it's a miracle I didn't spoil more than that. Uh, I, I'm very appreciative. <laughs> Uh, they, meanwhile, have learned that the there's a big peace summit happening here in the city with all these world leaders, and the Yerks are going to try to get everyone, and one of the world leaders is already a controller. So that's all right. happening in the background of us trying to figure out this David stuff, so they're like, great, well now we gotta go do this with this new kid. So they bring him along... And everything goes to shit immediately. They see Marine One, the president's helicopter flying, and then they see a Yerk ship basically abduct it. Uh-huh. And they swoop in there, and guy with a slashed shoe is dragged unconscious from the helicopter. They figure that's the president. They cockroach around. They hide on his leg. They find that Visitor 3 has acquired that person, and in fact, they did not turn him into a controller. They are put back in the helicopter. They go, well, let's get out of here. We don't want to be on the president's helicopter when we do more. So they go back underneath and then realize, oh, no, this is the hatch that it's going to come out of. And as soon as they realize it, the hatch opens. And as cockroaches, they are swept out 
into the open air, and that is where we left off. Okay. Uh, my predictions for this week's episode. It, listen, they're in perilous danger. I think that this that story. There were a couple tiny things that we didn't mention. What? When David was a golden eagle, he seems to kill a crow for... He says that, that he lost his control to the, the bird brain, but Marco he, did not believe him. He says, Marco yeah, Dango yeah. Marco did not believe him. Yes. He might be an emo kid. Not an emo kid. He might be a Marilyn Manson kid. Who knows? <laughs> so anyway, that's that. So your predictions. My predictions. Uh, one, I think the... Halfway through this book, the kids are going to... He's going to do something to save the group, and they're going to trust him more. Okay. Um, he will acquire another animal during all of this that will not be different... Not, not that it'll be new, but it'll have a very unique purpose. There's yeah. like, oh, that was really great thinking. Um, one of the kids in the group, and I don't know which one, maybe one of the girls, takes a liking to David. Not like has a crush on him, but like warms up to him before the other ones and kind of tries to bring everyone around. Sure. Um, and things are only going to get fucking worse. I don't know where this trilogy, this this is is always the best one, right? I think they're going to end in a jail. Yeah. They're going to end in a jail cell, Mm -hmm. uh, contemplating their execution where they'll have to make another plan. Man. And, and, isn't it a crazy life they live that that would be like the fourth time that that's happened? Yes, yes, it happens to them a lot. Um, talking animals, of so, course. I didn't even tell you like the name of this one yet. So you're just predicting based on what you know. Just, just off what I know, what I think is going to happen. Um, and I think we're going to have some underwater fun in this hmm. book. That's my last of the predictions. Okay. What is the name of said book that we are going to be reading today? Book 21, and I'll show you the cover here, has uh, Jake turning into a golden retriever. Yeah, Jake the dog. Mm -hmm. And the inside cover is Jake standing outside the barn with Cassie uh, standing in the door of the barn. No lizard feet. That's a real, a very, uh, yeah, a very uh, low key moment that's happening right there. Um, And this is book 21 called The Threat. Oh, so is the threat from them, or is the threat the threat of someone taking over the free world as an alien? I don't know. I don't know which one it's going to be. So, here we go. And I told you last time, we are going to pick up right where we left off. Cue the dramatic music as our little friends go tumbling to the ground. Yes. So we Question. Are, do yes. cockroaches have wings? Can they, they do, do co- or they can, at least some do, yes. Some do, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen them I've seen them fly, but maybe yes. it's only ladies that fly, not some, the boys. Some have wings. It's either some kinds or yeah, I I'm not sure. Okay. Uh, but some of them do, some of them don't. Um These I don't, ones I'm I don't sure think these do, do not. Yeah. Correct. Okay. Um now they did say, I think or no, it's here. Never mind. I'm I'm getting my I'm getting my shit mixed up. Alright, here we go. We start in the air. <laughs> we are roaches, we are falling. Um, Axe and Cassie point out that, well, actually, we won't die. Like, even if we hit the ground, you can't really kill a roach from, like, dropping it from a height. Really? They, it, they're they're, they're exocell... I guess it, it, it's it's terminal velocity probably isn't fast enough to, like, actually... <laughs> yeah, at a, cer- you know at a certain mean? point, they kind of go up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but then Marco was like, well, unless we land in water, which we can, and we don't know because we are roaches and cannot see what we are over right now. Okay. They freak out a little bit, and then, wham, they're, like, hit from the side and suddenly feel like they're being carried, and they hear in their heads and thoughts speak, hey, that's you guys, right? Like, we figure... 
roaches falling out of the plane is you guys, and it's Rachel and Tobias who did not make it into the ship in time when the hatch was closing last time. Oh, good, remember? but they were able to catch so it when they, they fell. they were still outside as a hawk and a bald eagle, so they catch all these falling cockroaches, uh, and then they land them safely. Uh, Much better. I thought they were going to get creamed by a car and then, like, you know, have to get use their last strength to turn back into yeah, humans, yeah. but okay. So they're dropped off in this little area between some, like, sand dunes. <laughs> Um, and, uh, David is naked because he has not learned how to morph clothes yet. Oh no, he's got his little twig and berries out. So the girl's got to turn around, uh, and Tobias is like, all right, I got it covered. And he flies off and he comes back a few minutes later carrying, uh, uh, bright orange, like swim trunks and a, uh, Grateful Dead t-shirt from like a little beach shop. They still have, like, the tags on them. So they're, like, from, like, the stand, like, outside the shop. Hawk swoop down and grabs them off the stand. I don't uh, feel good. These kids are stealing from local businesses. Those weed people need this, those money. I'm glad you said that because that is exactly the conversation that then happens. Tobias goes, hey, remind me to bring those back later. And David's like, what? And, and, and Jake is like, well, yeah, that's stealing. So at the very least, we need to, like, send money to the shop or something. Um, and so David, expensive, so expensive to be an animorph. You got to keep tabs on all of these different things. Yeah, and Jake's like, yeah, we don't steal shit. Like that's not our deal. And David is like, well, man, it it would be great though, right? Like it'd be so easy if we like morph cheetahs and then run into like a jewelry store, grab all the diamonds, and then run. What are they gonna do? Arrest a bunch of cheetahs? Like no yeah, way. Yeah, but the news would know about the roving bands of cheetahs attacking shops. Clearly. Uh, yes. And th there's a reason, there's probably multiple reasons why the Animorphs have not done this. <laughs> but, but yeah, um, it's just, it's kind of an instance, I think, where you see David being a little, like, immature with his, like, thought process on what to do with this power. He's only had this power for a little bit of time, so he's only thinking of the selfish thing. And at this point, he has only felt Golden Eagle and Cockroach <laughs> are his two. Absolutely, and also the crushing weight of this intergalactic war has not sunk in yet. He's worried about his mom and dad. He's not worried about the holocausting of human beings, which our children have now dealt with several times. So yeah, a lot's going to come his way. Yeah, I wrote that there is a little barb between him and Marco. I can't remember what it was, but like after he says this like jewelry store thing, like Marco's like, like what a dumb idea or something like that. And then he's kind of like, oh fuck you, like like it's like a it's like a back and forth. And Jake kind of takes a moment to be like, ah ha, like David's kidding, right? Like he's 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 joking. He's he's a jokester that one. Like oh. Uh, Right, yeah. Ooh, I don't know. I don't even know if they trust this kid. Um, so they're going to need to fly to get past security. And, like, because they're just trying to scope out this, like, resort that this, like, summit is going to be happening at. Um, so they got to do seagulls because Birds of Prey is going to get spotted by, presumably, Yerks looking out for them. Right. You have to match your surroundings. Right. Okay, so now I'm getting Florida vibes. Maybe we're, like, at a Mar-a-Lago situation well, with I've these sand dunes. I've always been saying San Diego. I have always been saying San Diego. Yeah, but the way that these parents are raising these kids, this feels like a real Florida situation. All right. Um, so David doesn't have a seagull morph. And actually, neither does Tobias. Um, uh, but he seems... Jake notes that he seems a little eager to turn into he's, he's like oh we need a seagull great well i could go golden eagle and i could fucking take one down easy and jake notes that he sounds like too eager to do that uh we're, we're we don't try to kill the animals usually we usually just kind of get them and let them live unmolested and unharassed so jake hearing the tone in david's voice turns to tobias and goes tobias could you bring us a seagull like 
peacefully. And Tobias <laughs> is like, yeah, they're just like rats with wings. Easy town. And then later comes back with kind of a struggling seagull. And he's like, he's like hey, I acquired it too because I actually didn't have one of these. And so then David Correct. acquires the seagull. So they fly to the resort as seagulls, and they're all like, you know, like seagulls do. They're like, oh my god, that guy has an entire large pizza to himself. He doesn't need that whole pizza. Who would have that whole pizza? Uh, and they specifically say that it's a Pizza Hut pan pizza. It's a large Ooh, Pizza Hut pepperoni pan pizza. And David. I gotta tell you, that's like my jam right there. I fucking love that shit. David loves a classic pan pizza. A little bit more crust and everything. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's David's go-to of a pizza. All of you who are going to at me about thin crust pizzas, listen, it's not like I don't like thin crust pizzas. What I'm saying is it's the worst kind. We're not saying <laughs> we're turning down pizza. We're not saying we're pizza snobs. I'm saying if we're going to order pizza and I have a say in the matter, this is what I want. Yeah, 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 yeah. Give me that pan. All right. Um, so they fly to resort and they notice clearly that there are like a bunch of security and secret service guys all around as they expect. And David uh, is even not like, only normal security, but also the York security. So yes. there's a, a, a huge hive of activity. And this is like six different governments leaders coming to this place. So it's probably not even just American security. There's probably the fucking, you Japanese have dudes with swords, with katana and... swords. You have dudes with throwing now knives. Now you're just being You have dudes from the Middle East with curved swords. <laughs> no, I remember there are no one from the Middle East here. They're talking about the Middle East, but the uh, countries are... You have are, to bring the people that you're talking about, David. We talked about this last time. Yeah, the countries here are the United States, France, Britain, Russia, uh, Japan, and I think Germany. The French guys have these long baguettes, but when you pull them out, there's actually a sword inside, and they put them away like that. Like, it's so dumb, I don't even know if it's offensive, but it probably is. <laughs> it's not offensive! <laughs> Uh, so, so, but David also points out, I was like, yeah, there's a ton of security, but I bet you like a third to half of the people on this beach are also undercover security. As, yeah, 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 just My like, dad's yeah, NSA. yeah, yeah, like this yeah, is, yeah. this is what they do. He knows Snowden. He knows some shit. Um, so they fly over to the resort kind of one by one. They don't want to seem like a group of seagulls suddenly crosses over like the border of the resort together. So they kind of one by one meander in different spots to be sort of flying over um, the resort. Um, fly casually, fly casually. We're just casually seagulls. But while looking, they like straight up can't find an easy way in. It's too big of an area to cover as like a fly or a cockroach. It's It's... As birds, like, where are they going to do land? Like, there's nowhere to land. The windows don't seem to be open in a lot of places. Like, what, If this is a fancy hotel, they should become fancy ladies' dogs. They should all be, like, little York sh little Yorkies and come in with a little... Someone can hold their thing and be like, where's my bubble water? I'd like you to put a pin in that idea. No! <laughs> I'm not saying it happens, but I'm saying... We'll, uh, put a pin in rem it. Remember that you said that. Okay. Um... So then while they're trying to figure that all out, Jake suddenly feels a huge, like, wave of pain just, like, rack his entire body. And he's like, ah! Like, you know. Um, and then it happens to Axe. And Axe is like, ah! Like, that was very unpleasant. Is uh, this seagull cancer? Are we talking about <laughs> seagull cancer? So they look around and they notice that one of the security guys is, like, 50 feet away. He's got, you know, dark sunglasses on. He's kind of scanning the area. But he is staring specifically straight at this group of seagulls. That includes our Animorphs, but also normal seagulls. Maybe some, he's probably a controller suit and some sort of, I don't know, some sort of brainwave gun or, or something like that. They figure out that he is probably using a very low-power Draken beam. Mm. And the glasses are probably being used as the emitter. So he's got, like, basically whatever he looks at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like X-ray vision that he can look at. Yeah. 
So he hits Cassie, and she's like, wah, like, and it, and it flips her out. And then and then they see another seagull that's not any of them, like, like, like freak out. And they're like, so okay. So he's just so, hitting yes. all the animals in the area indiscriminately. Essentially, he is keeping them away from the resort, right? As soon as a seagull kind of gets towards this area, he zaps it, and it, like, freaks out and kind of flows floats off a different direction, right? Um, so they're like, okay, well, then we need to get out of range of this guy, but we can't all just suddenly turn and fly away because that will be obvious. Right. So, Cassie, you just got hit. You fly away. That's what a seagull would do. Everyone else, sorry, but you got to wait your turn. Get hit and then go. (laughs) And so they do. And even David is like, what? No. But then he's like, David, you got to take it, take it. And David does. He takes the hit and then he, and then he leaves. And he's like, fuck, that hurt. (laughs) And poor David doesn't understand, again, the complexity of all of this. Like, if we all just go this way, they know they turn into animals. That's what they're looking for. So, like, there's... So, if an animal sees someone else get hit and then is like, oh, I got to get out of here. Clearly, that one was a smart one. Yes, correct, correct. So, they have to pretend like they're real seagulls. Right. So, So, they leave and they go home. And they're like, okay, well, we did our reconnaissance and guess what? I have no idea how to get in there, (laughs) you know? Um, and they set David up in Cassie's barn in like the hayloft of like, Hey, you got to stay here for now. Cause nowhere is safe for you. Um, uh, Jake gets home and finds his parents there like to greet him. Like both his parents are there and they're like, Oh good. You're home. Like we were waiting for you. And so he like gets this vibe, that vibe of like, uh, is everything okay? Like what's up? And then, um, his parents are getting divorced. They're like, they seem very on edge. Like they were worried. Tom comes in. He's like, he's like, oh my god, is it Tom? And then Tom comes in, you know, through the room. He's like, is what Tom? And it's like, okay, Tom, you're home too. We needed to talk to both of you. Oh no, they're gonna get divorced. And Tom is even like, because you know, the York inside Tom, he knows how to play Tom very well. So Tom is like, geez, who died? And the parents kind of shoot him a look that he's like, oh, uh, you son of a bitch. You know, Grandpa has seagull cancer. So their cousin Sadler. Sad. Oh, his name is already sad. Has been hit by a car while riding his bike. Oh, no. He is the alive. Car, but the car he, had to swerve out of the way of the falling bugs and hit him off the road. <laughs> <laughs> he lives a couple towns over. It's like not a, you know, he's not local. Um, okay. But he was hit by a car riding his oh. bike. He is alive, but he is in bad shape. Very yeah. critical condition. And they are not sure if he is going to make it. His Poor Jake, Sadler. Jake's parents are going to go now. They're leaving to go a few towns over to help the family, be with the family. Um, and they're going to be gone for a couple days. And if he does and okay Tom's for like, the next couple days... House they, party. Well, if well, remember, Tom is a yerk also. So Jake gets this... Well, I'll tell you in a second. I'll tell you in a second. Cadrona rave party. Everyone gets to do shots. If it, it is possible that Sather will be moved to the hospital in town because they have a better like children's hospital than the town he's in in a few mm-hmm. days. So, okay. But until then, the parents are going to be out there. Um, and so Jake feels a little ashamed that his first thought was not poor Sadler... But, his first thought was, oh, good, we can all come to my house because well, my parents won't. His oh! first thought was worry about how this will affect the plans he has to have this weekend. Oh, not even, like, about right? the, like, his yeah. Is this going to fuck up the mission I have to do, right? Like, Nope. It's going to make the mission much easier. He doesn't have a curfew now. Uh, and then I have to read to you. This all left me feeling even more disturbed than before. 
I felt guilty for not feeling sorry for Sadler right away. I felt guilty for caring that his family would be staying with us uh, if they if they end up moving to this town. Then yeah, um, I I even felt guilty for thinking that it was a relief that my mom and dad would be gone for the next day or so. Yeah, because then he doesn't have to like make up excuses as to why he's out late or whatever. As he long as lies. as long as he can get around Tom. Right. Let's just right. tell Tom he's at Marco's house. Whatever. All that piled on top of well, and and he also thinks to himself like I bet the Yerk was thinking the same thing of like good. I don't have to make excuses for the parents. I can go fucking whatever I want. Yorktown, you know. He can go hang out at that Christian event as much as he wants the to. Now have all the tacos. Yeah, the sharing. All that piled on top of the fact that I felt guilty because while I was sitting around feeling guilty, the leaders of the free world were possibly being infested with Yerks. I yes. felt like my head was going to burst. I felt like I needed to sleep for about fourteen hours, but. I wasn't going to sleep. Not that night. Or the next. In fact, it was going to be a long time before I slept again. That's a promise. So something awful is going to happen. We are going to be tired for a lot of this story. (laughs) So he spends the evening doing a bunch of research online um, about this conference, about the countries involved, about the resort that it's staying at, trying in to his find head, some angle. In its head, there's cool, like, Matrix music playing while he's, like, doing all this research. In reality, it's a 401k dial-up, and it's a lot of time just him waiting for... Okay, 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 I can uh, see the top floor. If you were born after 1998, just go look that up. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 The, the dial-up uh, initiation, the handshake. Uh, is what it's called. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he spends the evening doing research. He sees, and this is where I told you to put a pin in it, he sees that the Prime Minister of France's wife always travels with two chihuahuas. Two chihuahuas! I call himself, them chihuahuas, yeah. but that's fine. What, is, think, what about these chihuahuas? He thinks to himself, well, they, his wife always travels with it. Like, always, is like, makes it a point. So he's like, oh, that might be useful. But... Then he gets kind of interrupted and uh, by Tom, who, like, pokes his head in and is like, hey, like, are you going to tie up the phone line all night? Plus, it's 10 o'clock. It's your bedtime. Like, being a, the, the shitty, like, older brother that's like, I'm in charge. You got to do what I say, you little kid. Like, yeah. that kind of thing. Um, so he uh, – and Jake, like, he's like, oh, yeah, fine. I'm done anyway. And, like, closes everything out. But is like, fuck, did Tom see, like, what I was looking up? Like, did he – he's like, I don't think the angle that he looked in the door, we've been able to see the screen. If he's any kid who knows how to use a computer well, the screen is not facing the door. Yes, you can't have – you can't be <laughs> online and have the screen. you got to tilt it away. you got to yeah. give yourself yeah. some buffer never, room. Never point your screen towards the door. Don't you have it. to have your finger on Alt-F4 at any time you got to hit Alt-F4, 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 just in case you got to quickly close it down. So he logs off. The phone rings. It's Cassie. Well, she's been trying to call for 45 minutes but has been not been able to get through. Uh, she uses coded language because they don't trust the phones, and especially like Tom is home, and he's like, I, he could be on the other line, you know, other phone listening. Um, she uses coded language, and she says, "Ugh, his older brother. I wonder if the body is like, I need my internet time. Leave me alone. I'll he kind of did say that. He's, he's like, Are you going to type the phone line? Like, I, some people want to make calls, like that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I got a, I got a girlfriend girls. to call. Yeah, yeah, sure. So she says, Hi, Jake. It's Cassie. I felt a little tingle on the back of my neck. Cassie sounded cheerful, but that was because we never trusted the phones to be safe. Hi, Cassie. What's up? Hey, you know what? I heard Letterman got canceled. Is that true? No more Dave? Now it was more than a tingle. Of oh. course Letterman wasn't canceled. I was like, Letterman didn't get canceled. Of course Letterman wasn't canceled. Cassie had just been looking for a way to say Dave, as in David. David was missing. Did you check the TV guide? No, I looked everywhere else, though. Everywhere. Well, don't worry about it. He'll be there at the usual place, the usual time. 
We hung up. We both knew. David was missing and I was on my way. As soon as I could get away safely, I'd be at, quote, the usual place. The barn. The barn. They're going to the yeah. barn. Yeah. Uh, Poor so- scared kid. He ran away. Of course he ran away. He doesn't want to be in a <clears throat> fucking barn. He waits until he hears Tom leave. And then he morphs. Uh, you know, he hears the front door like slam, and he's like, "Great, Tom's out to do York stuff. He's gonna be. He doesn't care." So then he morphs um, a bat to fly to Cassie's because it's nighttime, and he's like, "I could have been faster if I flew Falcon, but I didn't want to like run into any power lines that I didn't see." Sure. So I went bat. Plus, he's got to get. You know, they gotta save the new kid's family. He really is vengeance. He's kind of vengeance. <laughs> he's he's out the nights looking for vengeance. He meets up with Cassie and Rachel, who was there and who like got there before him. So he's like, "Wow, you must have like morphed to get over here." But she's in like full regular clothes, not morph outfit. And he's like, "How do you have like normal clothes on?" And she's like, "Oh, you don't know. Like, I keep some spare changes of the clothes in the barn here at Cassie's." And, you know, it's kind of a thing where she's like, obviously, I'm going to spend the effort to look my best. Like, because that's Rachel's all fashionable and she's always like about that. Just a funny little Rachel thing. They should all have overnight They should bags. all do that. The fact that yeah, they, they don't have cubby spaces. They need to invest in cubbies. So Cassie kind of gives us the info. David went to sleep at about nine, said he was tired. Cassie, about an hour later, remembered that, oh, I forgot to give that deer who had, like, a bullet wound its meds. So she comes out to the barn to, like, give the deer its meds and notices that David is gone. Oh, those poor, that, that, the gang war between the deers is tearing this part of town. Tearing it apart. I know it. Uh, So Marco couldn't come because his dad is on a date and would probably check in when he got home to see, like, how Marco was doing. And if Marco was missing, then he'd get in trouble. So Marco can't come. Tonight. And and Marco's also got to deal with the feelings that his mom's not actually dead and dad's cheating on her. I mean, that's a whole other thing that well, he's got to deal listen, with. That's, 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 I don't. Th- Who's his real mom, David? <laughs> uh, so Rachel is going to go owl and go and get Tobias an axe if she can find axe. She's um, got her owl vision. She'll find him. Jake is going to go golden. He's like, oh, then I'll, I'll go like pick up the scent. So he thinks to morph wolf. And then he's like, wait. But if someone sees me, I don't want to be a wolf. So I'm going to go Golden Retriever. Sure. Um, he has a tough time focusing because the dog brain just wants to fucking play. And and it's Cassie there. She's like, I like Cassie. And Cassie should play with me. Like, let's play. Let's, let's go. <laughs> yeah, it keeps bringing her uh, pine cones and things like that to throw. Yeah, and Cassie's like, hey, so I had an idea about how to get into the resort. But you're not in the mindset for it right now. Because the dog was like, whatever. I don't care. Let's play. And she's like, great. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> Um, so she, she has one of David's shirts from like yesterday, so he smells it. Um, and then she, she has to do that thing where she pretends to throw it. She's like, go get it, but it's still in her head. Uh, He's like, like, okay. So then I got to follow this scent, which like, I guess I can turn into a game. That's fine. Like, let's find the thing. (laughs) And then she, she morphs owl to like follow Jake from above. Um, he follows I like this... all the things that Jake finds. He's like, ah, dead bones. Uh, he found like bones. some dog poop, and he's like, ooh, dog poop. It's all dog poop. It's not mine though. So let's see. Yeah. So he follows the scent to a field, and then the scent changes. Uh, so he figures he morphed, uh, and um, it smells like it might have been the lion that he morphed to. Ooh, big and old crazy he, lion. He keeps going into the woods and is joined by Rachel and Tobias. Uh, Rachel couldn't find Axe. At the, at the moment, um, which I kind of take to be like, because because Jake was like, hey, go find Axe and Tobias. And or Rachel's like, hey, I'm going to go get Tobias. And Jake was like, yeah, Axe too. And she's like, yeah, I'll look for him. And then comes back with Tobias and is like, I couldn't find him. And I, I get the sense it's just like Rachel went and got Tobias and then was like, let's go. Like, because for whatever reason, she has a special, she has, you know, she and Tobias have like a special connection. But then also like, I don't know. Anyway. Also, they're dealing with human stuff, kind of. Like, whatever they Maybe. do, they're going to have to look for this kid. So I don't know necessarily, you know, 
X will be there when he gets there. Um, so they, they keep going. They follow him to the, the scent to, like, a little strip of, like, shops um, and, like, a 7-Eleven and stuff, like, the convenience store or whatever. Um, the scent changes again to human again. And then what smells like, or seems to be, the Golden Eagle. Okay. Uh, Cassie said that he had mentioned, like, missing his stuff, missing TV, it's boring out here, that kind of stuff. Jake looks around and sees a Holiday Inn and is like, I have an idea. And they, like, kind of look around outside. Jake morphs to human and goes inside and finds himself knocking on the door of a room that they saw outside, opens the door, and there's David. The window is shattered from the outside. This kid is just going on a crime spree. You can't just go to the Notel Hotel Holiday Inn and just break windows down. There are consequences to these actions. David's in there just, like, on the bed watching TV, and Jake is, like, livid. <laughs> and it's like, listen, we don't do that. Like, that's not okay. Uh, and David is like, what? I didn't break the window. An eagle did. Wink. Like, you know, I'm not committing any crime. You know, that kind of Fuck shit. Fuck you. When management finds you, they're going to say, you broke the window, bro. Uh, Jake and him argue, and David kind of challenges him. And I wrote here to read. Uh, David gave me a look of pure cynicism. Yeah, right. Well, how about this, Jake? I'll handle my life. You be the big boss of the Animorphs, and I'll take care of me. An answer to David's challenge had formed in my mind. The words were right there, but they were harsh. And if I spoke them, I'd cross a line with David, a line that I might not be able to uncross. It's like school and home, okay? David continued. It's like being an anamorphous school, and you're the teacher or the principal or whatever. But then, after I go home, you don't tell me what to do anymore. I shook my head. No, that's not what it's like, David. I don't want to come down on you, but the way it is is like this. You want to go around using your powers in selfish ways, then we can't have you around. You're just a danger for us, and you're against what we stand for. His eyes widened. He rolled off the bed and stood up. Are you threatening me? No, just telling you the way it is. We're the only family you have now, David. The only people you can trust. The only people who can help you. We're all you have. Deal with it. He shot me a sullen, resentful look. I couldn't blame him. As I, I sounded like someone's father saying, as long as you live in my house, you'll follow my rules. I sounded like I was threatening him. I was. Let's go, I said. We went. So, little bit Jake? of tension. Yeah, and also... Prince Jake feeling all of his roles as the only person to say these things. He's he got to say dad. no. He's got to tell someone what to he's do. He's the dad of the group. He has to shit on everyone's fun. You can't have fun when dad's around. Okay. So the plan. Cassie has a plan, right? She mentioned it. So here it is. She removes a glass jar from her backpack and held it out for us to see. So they're like having a meeting next day or whatever. Inside it was a large, brilliant green insect with two sets of wings. What is that? A dragonfly? David asked. Yeah, dragonfly, Cassie confirmed. Look closely and you'll notice the eyes. They are huge relative to the size of the body. They completely cover the dragonfly's head. The housefly uh, house morphs we have feed on garbage, carrion, and so on. So their sense of sight doesn't have to be great. But dragonflies eat other insects. They snag mosquitoes right out of the air. And since we know they don't have echolocation like bats do, they must be using the sense of sight to hunt. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so Cassie's plan is that one of them, because they're like, oh, won't like a bunch of dragonflies be noticeable still? And they're like, yeah, but if one of us morphs dragonfly and the rest of us morph flea and then ride on its back while holding on and like biting to hold on, that should work. <laughs> and they're all like, that's insane, but okay. Let's, let's try it out. It's draw, insane. What else? They draw straws to see who has to be the dragonfly and it's Jake. Great. So... 
It's uh, he, he morphs Dragonfly. It's pretty gross of a morph process. Um, and before he gets control, because he's like, oh, the brain didn't seem that hard to control. But then, like, a mosquito, like, flies above him. And before he even, like, knows what's happening, Jets he, like, jumps up, grabs it, and has eaten half of it before he, like, snaps out of it and is controlling himself again. So he's like, that's gross. Uh, and, 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 he also, has to tell, and he has to tell everyone, it's not like what David did. I didn't mean to do this. I didn't mean to do this. And also, because of the way his eyes are, he's like, I can perfect, like, as soon as I snapped back into it, I could perfectly see, like, the half mosquito <laughs> left, like, sure. right in front of me. Um, sure. So, uh, they, uh, <laughs> they, they, they do the plan. They morph fleas and stuff. So David does get a new morph. It's a flea. Um... Uh, and a dragonfly. There's lots of new morphs all over the place. And so then we kind of cut to them doing it. They're flying towards the thing. So like, so like Jake is flying as fast as he can, uh, and everyone's kind of like, "Whoa, you're going so fast!" And he's got five fleas attached to him, not Tobias, uh, because Tobias had flown the dragonfly with the fleas on it too close enough to the resort to like drop it off. It's right? a real, it's a real like Russian doll situation. Yes. It's a bird carrying a thing with little other things. But the reason he's flying so fast is because they don't have a lot of time because it took them about an hour to get all of the fleas onto the dragonfly because they can't really see and it's hard. You can't really like aim their jump. So yeah, like, yeah. they were like literally just like, okay, here I go. Fling. Ah, fuck. I missed. Fling. Fuck. I missed for an hour. <laughs> an hour is a very long time. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Tobias is flying above them to guide uh, like to guide them as they go, uh, and then there's kind of a little moment that I thought was fun. Um, oh, because like he's like watching them from above and like, hey, you're going a little left. Great, right on target. Okay, keep going. Uh, and Rachel says it's like watching tapes from Desert Storm. You know, like Tobias is the jet pilot and we're the smart weapon, quote unquote, going for the target. And Axe responds, "You put your wars on television for people to watch? Ugh, humans? Like <laughs> that's just a little moment that I thought was fun." Listen, uh, I, I don't I, I don't I, I don't disagree with it. It's a weird it's a look, Applegate, I see what you're doing there. I see what your narrative is. They get to the resort, they see the building, but there are no open windows. And it'd be too noticeable for them to like fly in the front door and fly through the lobby full of people. Because there are now people milling around and there are bellhops and there are dignitaries and all these different people. Um, Tobias has an idea. He sees that the bellhops all have like a cap on that they like doff when people they greet people or like leave people so he's like very it's a very fancy hotel so like what if you flew under the hat in that moment and then chilled there until he went inside you know and cassie's like well a dragonfly can hover like that is something in between the space of a hat and a head lands on the head of the person they'll feel that like (laughs) you know so he's got yeah so Jake is like, okay, so he manages to do it. He flies under into the hat, the hat goes back down, and then it's like pitch black, like you can't see, so he's just like hovering in place and trying to like keep with the hat as it's moving. Sure. And he has to do it for like five minutes, and he's like, I swear to God, you know how they say like time is like relative, kind of, and that thing, he's like, it's real. Like that five minutes was the longest five minutes in the world. Yeah, he was inside of that dude's hat for 45 years. Uh, They get inside, like out of the hat, and they kind of fly up, uh, and they're not really sure where to go, but Axe is like, hey, just so you know, we are now running very short on time. Yeah. Uh, We have... Let's see. Uh, uh, 20 time. minutes? We, uh, 15 we, we, minutes? We need an empty room to be able to morph. Like, that's the thing. So so he's like, okay, cool. So he flies up to the air conditioning vent, at which point Axe is like, we have five minutes. 
Yep. And he's like, okay. So Jake goes through, and he like is looking through like into rooms through like the vents, and he sees one. And the way he says it to us is he notices a room with quote an incredible scene, and is like, nope, can't morph in there, and keeps going. And we don't know yet what he meant by that. Um, that's the conference room. That's the room they're going to do the big the big ordeal. You, that's yes. where they're going to uh, have the meeting. That's correct. Um, he keeps flying, and he's like, kind of gets to like a split in the vent, and one is a little better. Like, there's more light coming from one area, and one is like darker. And he's like, oh, if I go down the darker way, that's toward more like closed off or empty rooms. That's the idea. So he goes down that way. Um, Axe is like, great, we've got like three minutes. Uh, and then he keeps flying down that, and then he suddenly feels like, ah, like what the fuck, like. He feels stuck, like something is sticking to him. And he looks around, and he notices that he is caught in a spider web. And no! The, and the spider is home. <laughs> the spider is actively spider hunting. Is yes, the spider is living its spider life, trying to get delicious morsels. Yes. So they all kind of start freaking out about it. Uh, particularly David, who's like, I'm going to demorph. And he's like, don't do that. Like, you'll kill yourself <laughs> by like demorphing to a human in this event um and all of us probably too because you'll crush us and uh, these are human these are earth vents not spaceship vents which yes. are always big enough for people to walk around in yes. no problem uh so jake demorphs a little bit like enough to sort of grow and get too heavy for the web and kind of like manage to like wriggle free of it but in doing so he then hears cassie yell like ah and he looks back with still his like dragonfly eyes and is he, he crushing see, her he can see one of the fleas is now like like leaking it's like burst oh and what he, he figures her. out what he figures out is that in starting to morph human he sort of started to form like his blood vessels again and the sudden increase in blood pressure burst cassie shot her off of him D like bur like this it like bleh, like because they're all holding on to him with their mouth so like suddenly oh. a burst of like blood went into sure. her and like burst her where the blood is stored i guess the blood um, the blood bank um so then he he shrinks back down to full dragonfly now that he's kind of, like, broken the webs out. Everyone else is still attached to him. He grabs Cassie and his, like, mandibles and motors out of there. And and Axe is like, no time. Like, no time. Uh, and so right now. He, right now. Morph. 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 He shoots through the vent that he saw earlier and was like, everyone jump off and morph. Uh, so they do. And they all kind of, like, like jump off of him and start morphing, uh, including Cassie. Like, he drops her and is like, Cassie, morph right now. Um, Marco starts trying to morph and he's like, I can't, I can't do it. And what Jake sees is, cause he's, he demorphs too. Jake, uh, sees a flea that is growing, but not changing at all. It is literally just growing until it is like a big dog sized full flea, not at all human. Why is this? What is happening? He's Why so is close, he's so close to being a Nothlet, right? Oh, right. Cause we're like so far at the time limit. So Cassie then stands up and is, like, full human again. J Jake even says, like, I was halfway to being human again. And Cassie stands up and is already there. You Cassie's know? the best. And Cassie walks over and, like, puts her hands on Marco. And is, like, kind of, like, talking to him and coaching him through it. Like, listen, you need to focus on being a human. Think of looking at yourself in the mirror. Think of, like, your hands, your feet, like, that kind of stuff. And slowly, 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 he starts to morph to a human. And then he does... And then we have a little moment that is rare for us, uh, or at least for Marco. Um, we all stared, 
stared at the monstrous flea and at Cassie, and then slowly, slowly, the armor plate began to soften into flesh. Slowly, the mouth parts retreated. The spiked helmet melted into hair. Slowly, slowly, Marco emerged. At last, he was sitting, his own self again, on the edge of the table. He looked at Cassie with his own human eyes, and then he did something I didn't think Marco was capable of. He put his arms around Cassie's shoulders and cried. Thank you, he whispered. Thank you, Cassie. You saved my life. The rest of us were left staring at Cassie with expressions you could only describe as awe. Rachel moved close to me and whispered in my ear, Well, that sent a few chills up my spine. I nodded. Oh, yeah. That was like some kind of miracle, David said. Marco slid off the table and wiped away his tears with the heel of his hand. Axe sent me one of those hard-to-define Andalite smiles, something to do with their eyes alone. I do not believe in miracles. I always said Cassie had a talent for morphing, and yet, this is something I have not seen before. Okay, Marco said, snapping, all, snapping us all out of our trance. Anyone bother to notice where we are? I shook myself back to reality. Yeah, I noticed before when we flew past here. That's why I didn't come in here. Until we had no other choice. Axe, stay alert. Keep your tail ready. Rachel, we may need some more firepower. Um, what is all this stuff? David wondered, looking around the room. And look at this room. It's like huge. This, unless I am mistaken, Axe said calmly, is a small-scale, portable yerk pool. Yeah, they found the they found the room for where everyone's getting their going for their fifteen minute breaks. We were standing in one corner of the ballroom. It was three size three times the size of our school cafeteria. There were rows of long tables covered in white tablecloths. Overhead, there were massive crystal chandeliers, a red carpet with a floral pattern all around us, all around except the circle where we were standing. At each corner of the room stood a massive ornamental marble pillar, maybe ten feet in diameter, and yet. In one cor- and yet here, in one corner of the room, was a stainless steel tub about half as big as a backyard hot tub, right where the pillar should have been. No way, Rachel said, even as she began to morph into a grizzly bear. Someone would have noticed. Duh, there are security guys everywhere. At that point, her mouth became a muzzle. Rachel's right. Unless there's... Uh, Rachel's right. There's no way to hide all of this here, I agreed. Unless... Axe nodded. Yes, Prince Jake. I believe that we are standing inside a hologram. Oh, so it's being hidden. That's why they don't know it. There's Can a little yerk pool assume... in one of the what looks like a pillar in the in the corner of this ballroom. Right, but it's a fake thing. Which a, yeah. also good on the kids because they're also safe there. No one can see yeah, the morphing. Yes, and that is true. And we'll see that. Yeah. Can we assume that Marco went past his time and kind of was a, somehow like, not like not a minute over, but like. 20 seconds and she was able to bring him back also like i think that maybe it did his time expire while he started morphing so then he yes. just stayed flea but kept growing you know like and can they then manipulate can they make the bear bigger can they make bears smaller can <laughs> uh, they do i don't know <laughs> okay okay great question because well, that was none answers. of that was intentional and it was almost like he was stuck as a you sure know, so. sure um so in this corner where the column should be is a small yurt pool um, they kind of look around and Axe sees what also is called a hologram relay. And he's like, oh, interesting. Like, this is not where the hologram is being made from. That would take more energy than this would the have. The projector is somewhere else? Yes. Yes. So Rachel demorphs. He's like, all right, Rachel, never mind. Don't be a bear. Like, come back to, come back to person. Um, David asks, what if someone were to lean on the pillar? Like, from outside, would they just go through? And uh, Jake also sees that the vent up at the top where they came through is, like, right up near the top of this pillar. Like, right up next to it. Um, and he figures, well, maybe the, like, uh, uh, hologram and stuff is, like, weaker up towards the top where it's less needed. Um, and Axe, in response to David's question about what happens if someone leans on it, 
Axe nodded in agreement. Yes, here's what I believe is happening. The Yerks precisely targeted a Draken beam from a cloaked ship overhead. They burned down through the roof and through the column, precisely wiping it out, and then they aimed a holographic emitter of enormous power down through the hole to replace the pillar they had vaporized. A hologram strengthened by a force field. The force field directs its force outward, of course. We can step out of this hologram at any time, but we would not be able to step back in. It's a one-way door. It's a one-way door. They can't get back in. They're safe here, but once they get out, there's no going back. Axe pointed at a sort of arch made of nothing but thick wire. It formed an invisible door, if you can envision that. My guess is that this arch blocks the force field. There must be some kind of control device in here. They would simply blank the force field whenever they needed to enter the column. Uh... Axe shuffled with difficulty through the press of bodies over to the small computer console on the yerk pool. He stared at it for a few moments, then pressed a button. Nothing changed. I stepped out, right through what would have looked like solid marble from the outside. Then I turned and pressed my hand against blank, cold marble. I worked my way sideways to find the arch. Suddenly my hand disappeared into marble. It's open, I said. I stepped back through to be sure. Very weird. The force field may be off, but the hologram is still totally real. You'd swear you're walking through solid marble. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So Jake steps out again, and then he hears people coming, So he and he dives under a table. Uh, three people walk in. One of them, like, making orders on, like, where something. This needs to go here. I told you this needs to go over there. Like, that kind of stuff. Um, David yeah. did his alien voice, though, so these are Yerks in disguise. No, that was just, like, a guy. Well, you'll see. Uh, so so then uh, they say, like, POTUS and the other HOS, heads of state. Oh, okay. Uh, will have to, they're like, well, then how are these people going to get up to the podium or whatever? And this voice who's, like, ordering things around is like, oh, they're going to have to go back, uh, like, down this way, behind the pillar, and then up to the podium. Don't touch the pillar. Go around the pillar. They then sit at the table that Jake is under. So like, he's like the chairs pull out and their like legs come under and like. So, so he's like trying to like not like you know. Get hit is by he their... is he is he small enough where he could put his hands on the table and hide like this like a ninja like, under, something on the other side? No, it? no. Okay. Uh, well, he's not doing that in any case. Okay. Um, the underlings, whoever is not barking the orders, the other two. Um, are like confused on why this is like change is happening suddenly. Like what? Like why? Why this doesn't seem like a very efficient layout. Like, and you said and you said this morning something very different. And the guy is like, no, no, no. The, you must have misunderstood me. Listen, I am the White House Chief of Protocol, and what I say go like that kind of thing. He stands. Uh, up. I heard I had my coffee this morning. I was in a bad mood. I've rethought about it. He stands up, and Jake sees that on his shoe is a slash. The Slash Man! This is the Slash Man! Slash Man was not the president. Slash Man was the White House Chief of Protocol. So that must be Visser 3 in morph as this guy. Is Chief of Staff and Chief of Protocol two different people? Yes. Okay. I I didn't know there was a protocol guy. I think so. Because Chief of Staff wouldn't necessarily be like, tables go here, right? Like Uh, It depends on the White House. Depends on who who the POTUS is. Um, so Jake, after they leave, Jake rejoins them in the pillar, and Axe figured out that their way out is straight up through right, the hole. Right, yeah. Technically, the hole in the ceiling, right? Right. Um, uh, he then kind of wonders to Jake, he's like, well, what do we do about any motions to the Yerk pool? It's like, should we just, you know, fuck these guys up real quick before we Unplug go? it! Uh, but it might kill his parents. Jake basically is like, no, don't. Because if we do... They'll know someone's They'll here. Know They'll know we're up. here. Yes, and yeah, also, we exactly might kill right. David's parents. Well, that's less the concern. Because it wouldn't be killing his parents. It'd be killing the Yerks, right? It's only... There's just a... It's a, it's a, a pool of slugs. Oh, okay. Right? Um, and then Jake says, 
Uh, I knew what he was suggesting. It would be easy to finish them off right there and then, but if we did, the Yurks might simply be able to replace them, and they'd be warned that we knew about their plans. Besides, there was something wrong about killing defenseless slugs. I was pretty sure of that. I shook my head. Let's fly. Some decisions are smart. Some decisions are dumb. Some manage to be a little bit of both. This was one of those. Good, okay. Good. I, love, yeah, I, love, I just love the little, yeah. the little teases that we get. Common little, sense. Yeah. So Tobias is not in range uh, for thought speak. They're like, hey, Axe is like, hey, Tobias, can you hear us? And it's like, he can't. Which is expected because he's not flying right over this resort because of obviously that's one of the things we couldn't do. So they need to go seagull and go straight up, but it'll look like a bunch of seagulls just come straight out of the roof if that happens. And there are guys like all over the roof, right? Like security guys or something. Uh-huh. So they need a distraction. And David is like, whoa, fire alarm. I did that at an old school once, like, you know, to like do, get out of a test or Yo, whatever. Yo, this David's a fucking troublemaker. There's a reason why they had to move to a new Man, town and a new school. he had a BB gun in his desk and a cat named Megadeth and a snake, a cobra named Spawn. Remember yeah, that Marco yeah. uh, has the cobra morph now? That's right. Um, so everyone starts morphing Seagull while David runs out to pull the alarm and then like comes to run back. But on his way back, after pulling the alarm, he trips on a chair leg and falls to the ground uh, as four guards burst into the room. And Jake Does at that get... point is like, of course, like as soon as the alarm goes off, all the regular people are going to disperse from the roof to look for stuff. But the Yerks are going to send people in here to be like, check on the pool, right? Like, yeah, of yeah. Um, so Jake is like, to everyone else, is like, finish Morphing Seagull and go. We'll find another way out. And dives under the table with David. Okay, so they're back inside right now. Yes, uh, he then sees that David is slowly morphing into a lion under the table. No, bro, bro, don't do, don't be a fucking lion in a conference room right now. We gotta get out of here secretly. And Jake like shakes his head and is mouthing the word like, no, 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 don't, no, no, no. And uh, uh, David just smiles at him and keeps morphing. David, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> so the Yurks walk around and they check on the pool and they go, okay, everything's fine. So it wasn't Andalite bandits coming in here because if it were, they definitely would have killed those Yurks. And Jake is like, oh, it was a good thing we didn't kill those Yurks. <laughs> um, the guards turn to leave and Jake sees that David is like bunching up and getting ready to attack them. Yeah, and also, the guards just have to look out the other side of the table. There's going to be a tail under there that's wiggly-waggly. He also says his tail almost comes out, and a guard, like, almost steps on his tail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, so Jake kind of, like, army crawls the whole time, being like, no, 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 don't do it. Don't, 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 don't. And right before David, like, goes, oh, good. <laughs> I'm glad you did that, because I didn't want to stop and tell you that you had, like, spit it something on me. It looked <laughs> like I was going into another fucking dimension. I looked like I was going into Z-Space. I've reference, never had I that believe, happen before. I believe Michael Santel had spit at some point onto his camera, so it was all blurry to me, but I didn't want to say anything because we were on a roll. It was such a tiny spot that it, it could have happened. It's like a, like a million and one <laughs> shot that made that. I couldn't believe it. I thought I was phasing out of reality. So right before David goes to, like he sees, he's about to like fucking pounce out from this table, Jake just reaches forward and grabs a handful of his mane. And then he remembers, like, hey, I don't know if he's done this lion yet. I mean, I think he has because of when he got out. But he's like, I'm not sure. Is he even in control of the lion brain? Right. If you I squeeze just grabbed a lion. it on his fucking mane. Yeah, like, what does the have lion do? In a second, right. Um, so Jake grabs the mane uh, and then says... He stared at me with golden brown eyes and slowly, deliberately drew back his muzzle to reveal his teeth. Okay, let's go, the lead controller said. Nothing here. 
The doors opened. I saw feet walking away. I was still holding a handful of mane. My face was inches away from David's mouth, and my mind immediately went to the fact that one of the ways lions, a lion kills is by simply crushing the skull of its prey. Crushing the skull with its jaws until it pops like a dropped cantaloupe. Had you worried, huh? David said. No, I knew you were cool. Just being prepared, you know, in case there was any trouble. I was surprised you didn't go into your tiger morph. Yeah, well, I didn't see the need. Hey, you ever wonder who would win in a fight between a lion and a tiger? That took me by surprise. I, he I hesitated. Lion, that's what I think. But it would probably never happen, David said with a laugh. It's just interesting to think about. I better demorph. Yo, David's a dick. He's so, I don't understand why he's being such a dick. Why can't he just be part of the team? He's being a real Wolverine. So Jake's like, okay, we're going to go out the same way we came in. This is going to be weird, but hey, I need you to bite me in the back. And then we're both going to morph. I'm going to morph Dragonfly, and you're going to morph Flea at the same time. And hopefully, so that if you stay biting me, your Flea parts will just stay holding on, and we don't have to spend an hour with trying to get you to jump onto my back. Of which they do not have an hour. They yeah. have minutes to get all of this, because they got to go regroup yeah. with the team outside. And the plan works, so they get out. Um, so now they know the Yurk plan. So they say. So here it is. They kind of do. They don't really know. I mean, they're going to infect all these people, but they don't really know. They would wait for the banquet. Heads of state would walk up to the platform one by one to give speeches, and one by one they would pass behind the holographic pillar. There, out of sight of the audience, they would be hauled inside the pillar. They would be grabbed and held, their heads forced into a pool. A yerk slug would enter through their ears. Minutes later, they would be controllers. Meanwhile, the holographic emitter that we'd seen would project an image of the head of state continuing to walk up to the podium. He would seem to reappear on the far side of the pillar, walk up, and calmly deliver his speech. There's a team of man of like beauticians with like hair dryers and stuff like that. Because once they get wet, they gotta make yeah, them yeah. look good again when they pop out the other side. Uh, by the time the speech was over, the real head of state would be ready to emerge. The switch would then be done in reverse. Yeah. Uh, so they they spend time like doing this whole thing of like, well, what about this and what about that and why not this and why not that and like all the guy like Marco and Jake and David are all like being like, yeah, it's probably because of this strategy and this thing. Uh, and then Cassie, let's see. Okay, so this is Marco first. The big goal is to get the president and the others, Marco agreed. They need to get the president under control, and then he'll make it possible for them to install a Candrona in the White House itself. Uh, they need the Candrona right there. They can't have a well-known White House personnel secretly running around to York pools, so they didn't make this Tony guy a controller, Tony being the, the chief of protocol, uh, mm -hmm. because if the whole scheme fails, he'll be stuck in Washington without access to a Candrona. Cassie shook her head. Very clever, boys, but as usual, you've overlooked a much simpler explanation. What simple explanation, I asked? Ego, Cassie said. You have to look at who we're talking about here. It's Visser 3. It's his biggest scheme ever. If it works, the battle for Earth is won. And he'll be the big hero of the whole Yurk Empire. And if it fails, he'll look like a fool. So what's it gonna do? What's he gonna do? Stay aboard the blade ship and watch? Uh-uh. Not Mr. 3. He wants to be here. He wants to be able to say, look, I did it all. Me, me, me. I nodded. As usual, Cassie had seen what I had missed. Cassie grinned. Typical males, she said airily, self-mocking. All you think about is plot. You always forget it's about personality. It's about character. Visser 3 has to be there, see? He's an egomaniac. Yo, welcome to politics. I also would love a side story where Visser 3 is like, I have done it. I am the leader of the free world. And then yeah. there's a, sir, we're here to talk about your re-election. He's like, damn it, I must run for re-election. Yeah. And we can see Visser 3 on the campaign trail. He'd be awful. He would not kiss babies, David. 
<laughs> so uh, they figure that the banquet is probably tonight. It's got to be. All, all of this, stuff, all right? these preparations are for tonight. Um, so then they kind of get back to like home, essentially. And Rachel says, "I need to spend some time at home. You probably do too, Jake." Actually, I'm pretty free for now, I said. You heard about Sadler, right? She hadn't. I told her about our injured cousin, because remember, Jake and Rachel are cousins. I told right. her about our injured cousin, about my parents going to help out, and about the fact that Sadler was not necessarily going to survive. Everyone made the right noises of sympathy. So did David. But while his mouth was m- making the right words, I saw something disturbing in his eyes, something I couldn't quite put my finger on. I glanced at him, and he looked at me with a face that seemed to be shining with restrained excitement, like someone who had just figured out how to win the lottery. And I heard an echo of Cassie's words in my mind. It's always about character. Mm. Uh, so mm. Jake starts to realize he doesn't really know David and something doesn't quite seem right about him. So he kind of pulls Cassie aside at some point and asks what her take is. And she does not know. She's like, I'm not sure. I can't really like get a read on this guy, you know, but you know, she kind of like puts a cute little moment of like putting her arm around his and it's like, and kind of like, Hey, like one thing at a time, fearless leader, like you're going to make it like, it's okay. Um, so then we have our, I plan. feel like David's going to die. I don't think David gets out of this adventure. I think he's going to do something awful. He's a little, he's liking transforming a little too much. So then, um, so the hologram must be held in place by a ship above the resort, right? They figure it's probably the blade ship, uh, parked like way, way above. So here's the plan. The basic plan was simple enough. According to Axe, the beams from the blade ship were focused to be strongest at ground level. The higher you got, the easier it would be to penetrate the beam and get inside the hologram. From that point on, you could drop straight down to the hidden yerk pool. Just a few major problems. We, wouldn't, we would have to instantly take out any controllers who were stationed within the hologram column. And if any of us stepped outside the hologram, there would be security guys on us before we could blink. Then we'd have to be ready to snatch the various world leaders as they were pushed towards us and convince them to play along, despite the fact that most of them didn't speak English. And oh, Right, they don't <laughs> speak French, they don't speak any of these other languages. And oh, by the way, Eric had warned us that one of the men, one of those world leaders, was already a controller, at least one of them. So it right. would be a very strange game. So they go birds of prey, and they fly high up, way high up, on the way to where this beam would be, Okay. And, they're, and it's hard because it's nighttime. <laughs> uh, uh, and I think there's even uh, no moon because there's cloud cover, like kind of heavy looking rain clouds. It's not raining, but like you can't see the moon. Um, uh, so they fly up and they're all carrying like fishing weights or small lead weights, uh, stuff like that. Except Rachel, bald eagle, who is carrying a cobra who is Marco. Oh, they should get him inside. Okay. Uh Cassie is an owl, so she can see the best out of any of them. And as they get, like, close and over the resort, she, like, is looking down along the beach and goes, Oh, cool, that's him. The president. Like, I see him. And they're all like, where? And she's like, you don't see him? He's like, that guy. And it's like, well, yeah, you're an owl and we're all, like, regular and it's nighttime. Um, And she's like, oh, weird. Like, it's weird to see him. Like, he's in shorts on the beach. Like, what a weird thing. And they're all like, oh, yeah, whatever. And then, so they're about 200 feet up. And uh, they get into the force field up there. Axe tries first and goes it through. And he's like, great, it's fine. So they go in and they can look down and see the three guards like standing inside this column. So they dive bomb with the weights. And as they go down, they drop the weights and bam, hit them in the head and knock them unconscious. That, they, those people are going to be hurting. Head Dude, trauma yeah, is no that joke. Is, that is hardcore. Uh, and even one of them, like, falls to the ground and then kind of starts to rouse as they, like, kind of all land there. And they drop another weight on his Marco head. Marco slithers over and bites him just a tiny bit. 
just enough to maybe like ah, knock him out and the end. Uh, we don't want to kill him, but yeah. Um, so they look around. They they kind of demorph to normal forms, and they look around, and they are in this ballroom that is packed with like hundreds of people, dignitaries, and gowns, filled with tiny chihuahuas. It's the, the they're filled to the brim. They're all milling around, sitting at tables. They can't see any of them at all. He says it feels really weird because they're like just a couple feet away from like but they're invisible behind the behind the uh, CG. Uh, he notes that one of the weights even had bounced out of the the hologram but no one seemed to have noticed it's just lying there on the ground yeah um everyone demorphs the president is seated they see he like comes in um food is served jake gets the feeling that something is wrong like and he's like hey cassie like didn't you say that you saw the president like in shorts outside and she's like yeah i guess i like mistook him for someone else like it must have been someone who looks like the president uh, and he's like, okay. Uh, so they take the suits from the three guys that they just knocked out. And then Axe, David, and Jake acquire them. Oh, they're turning into people! And they're like, we're making an exception to our rule for this, like, one time. We Even sure. Cassie agreed, like, there's no real other way to do this. Um, <gasps> David, are they gonna put little uh, yerk slugs inside of all the soup? And then when people drink the soup, oh they go inside their heads? That'd be insane. That's not how, no. No, because they have okay. to go through your ear. Could it go through the soup to your ear? They'd be like, no, oh! but wouldn't also the soup kill them? If, like, just being in a jacuzzi killed all those yerks before, wouldn't being in a hot bowl of soup also kill them? David, and also, it's the cold yerks, soup! Also, don't forget that yerks are, like, a foot long. That's okay. a big slug. <laughs> I think I think my soup idea is a good idea, but that's fine. Okay. I have many issues with how it's and, not and a good idea. We'll talk idea. about it in notes! <laughs> um... Uh, so they, they, they acquire the controllers, they morph them, and they put their suits on. But in all the hubbub, one of the ties, they didn't just, like, slide it off. They accidentally untied it. So they're trying mm. to, like, fi- it's axes. So they're trying to, like, figure it out, and none of it can do it. And Rachel is like, ugh, God, good grief. And, like, pushes them aside, ties it, like, does I do this thing, with my dad every day. Does a whole thing where she, like, ties it, straightens him up, rebuttons his shirt, puts his thing on, straightens his hair. And Jake is like, she did all of that before any of us, like, knew what the fuck we were doing. Like, she's just a magical fashion queen, you know? Yeah. Um, so then the banquet starts. They start serving food. <laughs> I like how ties are considered fashion. She's like, I know how to do this. I've seen it before. It is when you're like 13. I guess, yeah, that's right. Uh, so the banquet starts. They start serving food. Uh, the first speaker is introduced. It's going to be the French prime minister. He gets up from his table. He walks around. He walks behind the pillar. Nothing happens. He continues walking up and goes to the podium. And everyone's kind of looking at each other confused, and they're kind of like, oh, maybe that's the one that's really a controller then. Or maybe they were the team that was supposed to do it. Who knows? Well, they, like, the, 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 like, the, like, hologram, like, the door on the hologram didn't adjust. Like, nothing happened. So, like, oh, maybe, okay. they, maybe like, that one was the one that, like, oh, we don't need to do it for him because, obviously, he's already a controller. So he gives his speech for, like, ten minutes. Something is still bugging Jake. Like, like man, uh, I feel like I missed something. Then French Prime Minister finishes, walks on by again, uh, and then the next person is introduced. It's the, the Premier of Russia. The Russian Premier is introduced, stands up, and they're like, okay, this one's got to be it because we only know that one of them is a controller, and Eric has great information, so he's not wrong about that. Maybe there's another hologram somewhere else on the other side? So he also walks behind the pillar and then just keeps on going and walks up to the podium. And at that point, Jake looks at all the others and whispers, it's a trap. And 
a trap for them or a trap for the the world yeah, leaders? He turns to everyone and says, "Battle morphs now," and they don't hesitate. They're all like, "Okay," like, and they just all start bear, you know, what wolf, whatever. David was already a lion for some reason. He, no, like, he was okay. one of the he was one of the like guard controllers. Oh, okay. So so he and Jake and Axe have to demorph from that, and then Axe stays just an Adelaide, but then they would have to morph like tiger and, and lioness. Okay. So they start, and then Axe says. So Jake then grabs Axe real quick as they're morphing and says, A hologram inside a hologram. Is that possible? His eyes went wide in shock, then in anger. He didn't have to answer. Yes, it's possible! I was halfway to Tiger when the Russian premier started laughing. He was standing at the podium just laughing, although he seemed to still be delivering his speech. He was looking out at the audience, speaking Russian, but, but now, from within the Russian premier came the sound of laughter. Has the truth dawned on you yet? A familiar thought-speak voice asked. Do you realize what has happened? Come, come, surely you must know it now. Surely such brilliant fighters such as yourselves have figured it out. And from the middle of the Russian premiere, a hooved leg emerged, and then a pair of stock eyes, and then an arm. Visser Three stepped out of the Russian, out of the hologram of the Russian. All the people in the room are holograms? The Russian kept talking. The audience kept nodding appreciatively and interrupting with applause, but none of it was real. We were inside a hologram of a marble pillar, but the hologram of the marble pillar was inside a hologram showing a room full of people. A hologram showing a president who in reality was outside, wearing shorts, just as Cassie had seen him. Everything you see is a lie! Mr. Three orders the outer hologram turned off and all the people disappear, revealing a wall of Hork-Bajir standing completely surrounding the pillar, which hologram is still up. So they're just like surrounding the pillar. They all have Draken beams. Bunch of Hork-Bajir. Visitor 3 then orders the inner hologram turned off. Column goes, he can now see all these animals inside the pillar, right? A gorilla, a bear, a wolf, a tiger, and a lion? Yeah, so he he gloats to them. It's like, oh, by the way, the real banquet is tomorrow night. Gotcha. You they know. got, listen, they got, got. one up a one up for the bad guys. They really got these Andalites yeah. this time. So they're all wondering what to do. Uh, and the Visser keeps gloating about how fucking great it will be to get six Andalite host bodies. Can you imagine the progress we're going to make with six Andalite host bodies? And Jake is like, wait, six? Oh my God. And he looks around and he goes, he hasn't seen Marco, who is still a Cobra. Right, because he's hit, cause he's tinier and he's already in that yes. form. Yes. Uh, so Jake is like talk, thought speaking to Marco, and it's like, Marco, can Visitor 3 see you? And he's like, no, I don't think so. Um, and he's like, can the Hork Bajir? And he's like, I bet. And he's like, are they looking at you, though? And he's like, no. But before they can figure anything out, uh, Visitor 3 threatens them. He's like, demorph, or I'll have to start killing you one by one. And starts like pointing a Draken beam one by one at everyone. of like, who's going to die first, kind of thing. And David freaks out. This uh, is his first time in a high-stress situation with aliens. This is what it's like, David. He, he freaks out and starts to sell out. And essentially is like, okay, 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 I swear. I don't, I'm not with these. I'm just, you know, and immediately gets bit by Cassie to shut him the fuck up. Fuck you, David. They don't know about us being humans. He didn't say it yet, but... Yes, so Cassie, like, bites him to shut him up, and, and Jake thought speaks to Rachel. like, Rachel, convince David to stop talking. And Rachel, as a bear, stands up and just, boom, like, swipes him, <laughs> swipes him in the jaw, you know, just like, bah, like a fucking haymaker, right, <laughs> right in the kisser. Yeah. Uh, Visser 3 then says, ha, uh, Andalites fighting amongst themselves, uh, Visser 3 crowed, but as entertaining as it is, I order you to stop. She bit me, David yelled, outraged. I'm going to kill you first, Visser 3 said to David. No, I'll demorph, see? I'm doing it. 
Shut up, you pathetic gutless weasel, Rachel screamed. You don't have to wait for Visser 3. You won't have to wait for Visser 3 to kill you. They're threatening me, David cried, running towards Visser 3. And then I knew for sure. Visser 3 turned his Draken beam on David. He hesitated. But more important, none of the Hork-Bajir even flinched. I'm on your side, David oh, yelled. Maybe the Hork-Bajir are also uh, 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 CG images. I'm on your side, David yelled. Bad choice, David, I said coldly. Axe? Yes, my prince. A hologram inside a hologram. That's what we had, right? Yes, the hologram of the marble pillar was inside the hologram of the banquet. Any reason, any technical reason, I mean, why it couldn't be a hologram inside a hologram inside of a third hologram? Inception! A third hologram, Rachel said. Yeah, a hologram of a whole army of Hork-Bajir, I said. A projection, a fake. I don't think they're really here. I think Visser 3 is here, and maybe he's got a couple human controllers with him, but that army of Hork-Bajir around us? I don't think this is a live show. I think we're watching videotape. Are you sure? Cassie asked. Marco, you're out of Visser 3's sight. Start moving towards the Hork-Bajir. Attack them? On my own? Jake, buddy, you better be right. Yeah, I better be. So. Coils up to do his snake strike. Marco goes for bites a one. foot. Goes right through goes him. Goes right through it. Yep. Yep. Uh, so Jake yells to everyone, it's a hologram. Uh, and then Jake is about to go for the viscer. Like, like you know, Cassie's like, I'll get to him. And, and Jake's like, no, 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 I'm faster. Uh, and David then thought speaks. He's like, but I'm the closest. And then Axe, like, challenges Visser by being like, Visser, I'm gonna get you! So the Visser 3, like, looks at him, and then David, like, swipe tackles and pounces on Visser 3, because he was, like, two feet away from him at that point. Right. Big fight starts. Um, uh, uh, about six human controllers emerge from this, like, hologram wall of Hork-Bajir. Yo, how crazy is it that fight... Where the the idea that there's an army of guys that aren't real. So there's like a lion paw coming out from a guy's side yeah, 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 and like yeah. a gorilla coming out of the mist and all of a sudden like going through all these guys to find the controllers. Fight starts. David is shot in the shoulder and kind of shoved off of Visser 3. Visser 3 yep. starts to morph something. Uh, Cassie is hit by a Draken beam kind of along <laughs> her side and kind of falls down. And then a controller stands and puts a Draken beam directly up to her skull. Like right oh, up to no! her head. Um, and at that moment, uh, Jake panics because he's like, no, oh my God. Like, uh, but at that moment, our boy Axe, uh, hat has his tail blade to Visser 3's throat and is like, call them off right yes, now or you're like, di- you're going order, to die in this moment. Order that he doesn't shoot. Um, uh, and, uh, which is crazy because Axe has like sworn vengeance on this. Like this could be his chance to get, to kill Visser 3, but if he does, Cassie is dead. Yeah. Right. Um, right. So, so Visser 3 then asks in Thoughtspeak, all right, which one of you is human? Right. Right. I bet David, David's going to, David's going to, David doesn't, David fucks up all the time. God, <laughs> David's are fuck ups. <laughs> Here's what Visser 3 says. One of you is the human child named David. It's to you I'm speaking. David, your parents are with me. They miss you. They would like to see you again. David, don't say, uh, I started to say, but it was too late. You took my parents, David said. You turned them into yurks. Yes, but we would not do that to you, David. I give you my word. You would be allowed to live free with your parents. Liar, Axe sneered. The word of Visser 3. What other choice do you have, Visser 3 continued, ignoring Axe. We know what you look like. You'll never be able to go out, on the, go out in the world again, David. Never go to one of your human entertainments. Never. Silence, Axe said. Are you afraid for the young human to hear the truth? You see, David, they can't even allow you to learn the truth. The Andalites are all a race of liars. One of the controllers touched the earpiece in his ear. In his ear, Visser, humans are coming. 
So, what'll it be, David? The visor asked. Come with us now, and we'll take you to your parents. David says, I gotta go see my parents, gets up as a lion, and walks over to them. Uh, no, he doesn't. Um, but, uh, they're all rushing out. They're like, we gotta go, because the Secret Service is on their way. Okay. Uh, so, so, Visser, as they're leaving, Visser 3 is like, like, hey, David, come to us. Go to your old house. We'll wait for you there. Come to your old house that's mm-hmm. been destroyed. We have all your things waiting for you. Axe your Cobra, Megadeth Axe, misses you. Axe makes them put the uh, hologram of the pillar back up before they yep. leave, um, which they do, because it's kind of like a stalemate standoff, and plus they don't want the pool to be seen by actual Secret Service. Um, so then everyone leaves, and they're all flying back home now. Including David, uh, they go. They fly up out of the up, hole in the roof or whatever. Up and then out okay, yeah. yeah. So they're all flying back, and David is trying to like kind of play off what just happened. And like, oh, I was never gonna, you know, I was never gonna actually like be on their side. Like that was all just a bull ruse to get fucking close to him. shit, bro. And Jake very forcefully, individually, thought speaks to everybody, but David, like individually, too, one by one, and orders them specifically, like Marco. Do not engage. Do not fucking say a word. Rachel, specifically to Mark and Rachel, but he tells everyone, like, do not say anything to him. We don't want to set him off. We don't want, like, we have to fucking keep this close right now. Um, and uh, they so they play along. Like, ooh, I was so impressed. Yeah, good job. You had me fooled. Like, that kind of, like, hey, good good on you, man. Um, it's to the point where David starts, like, bragging about shit. Oh, I was never even scared. You think Mr. 3 could scare me? No way, man. Like, that kind of shit. They get home late. Rachel has to go home or she's going to be grounded forever. Um, David goes to the barn. Cassie has to like, make an excuse to her parents. Jake is fine, has no problem because his parents aren't home. Axe and Tobias obviously have, have no problem. Marco, it turns out, we will find out later, gets in trouble because his dad came home from his date and didn't find, find him here. Um, but before he leaves, Jake privately thought speaks to Axe and Tobias and then he goes home. Uh, he, like, eats something really quick. He intentionally leaves the kitchen kind of messy and leaves the TV on to make it look like, oh, he's been here. He had, like, a late-night snack and then went to bed. He put, does the whole, like, pillows under the blanket. Hey, I'm sleeping kind of, like, sure. thing. And then he morphs bird and he flies back to Cassie's. Um, and then he gets in the bed of Cassie's dad's truck and morphs back to human and he waits. And he waits for a few hours just sort of watching the barn. And then it starts to rain, so he gets out and he gets into the cab of the truck and kind of is watching. And it's getting later, and it's getting later, and he's kind of thinking about everything. Um, It's like 2.30 in the morning, and he falls asleep. I was fighting sleep and losing. My head kept falling forward and then suddenly snapping back as I jerked to consciousness. My eyes were bleary and peering from the barn. And in fact, I missed it when it happened. But Axe didn't. This is Eximile, he said, in as loud a thought speak as he could manage. We have an eagle leaving the barn. Tobias's thought speak. Oh, because yeah, it started raining. Uh, Tobias's thought speak came from somewhat closer. I see him, Jake. I hope you hear me because we have a traitor. Yeah, he's he wants his parents. He doesn't want any part of this. So Jake tells Tobias to follow him, but stay out of sight because we have to morph birds, but don't lose him, right? And Tobias is like, okay, but that's gonna be tough because it's like dark and it's raining. So okay. Uh, so he flies off after him. No time to get anyone else. Uh, we just gotta morph birds and go. So they do. Um, and as they're flying after him, after, you know, a couple of minutes of morphing, they're calling for Tobias, but he's not answering. And they figure, okay, they're still out of range. So we're going to keep going. And Jake is like, oh man, I don't even know where to go. Like, cause we're not following anyone in particular. So let's go to David's house, I guess. And so Axe is like, great idea. But what do we do when we get there? Like if David is turning coat, essentially, uh, what are we going to do? And Jake right, is like, do we... I don't know. Like, I, I don't even know right now. Let's just get there. 
Um, uh, so they go, they keep calling for Tobias every couple minutes and getting no response. And at this point, Jake is starting to worry. What if he's not out of range? What if he can't answer, right? Um, so then he's, he gets to the neighborhood and he sees a very conspicuous UPS truck like on the street outside David's house. And he's like, great, that's got Hork-Bajir in it for sure. Right, why would UPS be out there at three in the morning? Right. Um, and then he, he wonders if, if they didn't see David come in, like if David flew into the, like the hole in the roof and room that is still there from the carnage before, like maybe they didn't see him like come in. Um, but he's like, Axe, I need you as dangerous as possible. So I need you to like land two houses away and morph to Andalite and be ready to jump some fences. Uh, and he's like, okay, but I think I should be with you. And Jake's like, no time, go do it. And so then Jake flies in cause he knows he doesn't even have time to like morph something else now. So he flies into the room. Uh, and we about to get to it. It's about to get fucked up. A golden eagle stood on the upright bedpost, watching the TV screen. That's when I saw the other bird. A crumpled mass of feathers lay atop a wadded up sheet. Blood had seeped into the material. Oh, he heard our friend! Tobias, I cried. There was no answer. The golden eagle turned its head to look at me. He was following me, David said, trying to stop me. A voice in my head was saying no, over and over again, until it was one long siren wail. No, no, no. Tobias, I yelled again. No answer. I didn't know what to do. The eagle, David, was three times my size. I was alone. I strained my hearing, listening for breathing sounds from Tobias. David, you can't do this, I said as calmly as I could. Do what, Jake? Turn myself over to the Yerks? Of course not. You really think I'm dumb enough to try that? That's not what this is about. Well, then what are you doing? I roared, suddenly not so calm. What are you doing hurting Tobias? Hurting him? Oh, no. He's dead, in case you're wondering. Definitely dead. So. Is that the fucking cliffhanger we end on, David? No, but we're close. Okay. <laughs> oh. uh, David throws when Jake threatened him, like, back in his face, like, back in the hotel. Um, um, and essentially, uh, it's like, hey, I'm not spending the rest of my life, like, listening to you. Right? Um, and, like, being on your little squad and, like, all that stuff. Like, essentially, this is the big fuck you moment. You're not the boss of me, and this is the standing point. Um, Jake says, the Yerks will never stop looking for you, I said. They'll never find me. See, all I have to do is acquire some other human morph, right? I can be human for two hours at a time. I can, I even have a person in mind. And using my powers, I can take anything I want. Anything. I can be a millionaire if I want. And if the Yerks don't get you, we will, I said. Yeah, I know, David acknowledged. But already there used to be six of you, and now there's just five. Pretty you son of a bitch! Pretty soon, Jake, it'll be four. And that's when the eagle spread his wings, flapped hard, and shot toward me. So, bird fight. Uh, Jake actually dodges uh, out of the way. I was going to say, do they, go right, do they go right to Talon? Well, no, Jake is just a little falcon, and this is a golden eagle. This is a, sure. It is a huge size difference. Um, so Jake dodges and goes under the bed where the eagle cannot fit. Um, and so David gets like, kind of frustrated and like sits at the window and starts to demorph. And as he's like getting like about like halfway demorphed, he like picks up a piece of wood, kind of like a baseball bat sized piece of wood, and stands by the window and is basically like, "Go ahead and try it, man. Go ahead and fucking try to get past this." And so Jake flies at him, but along the ground instead of like trying to fly straight towards the window. And so David tries to like swing down at him, but he's not finished morphing, so he can't quite turn right, and he misses. And Jake like flares up and rakes at his face with claws. Fuck yes. And then a bunch of Hork-Bajir burst into the room. Of course. Yep. 
Uh, so Jake and David tumble out of the hole in the wall into the backyard and to the ground below. Like David like jumps out and like kind of knocks Jake down with him as they get get there. The horde right. follow and jump down, but then Axe leaps over the fence and kind of like holds them off for a second, long enough to scoop Jake Jake up in his arms and keep running and jump over the wall or over the fence again. The Hork-Bajir follow the Andalite. They kind of ignore David at this point and go after the fucking live Andalite right there. Um, right. So uh, uh, they they jump over the, the fence, but they don't know that there's a pool on the other side. The Hork-Bajir don't, so they all land in the pool, which gives them enough time to like get away and like lights yeah, start turning yeah, on yeah, the houses. Yeah, of course. And all that stuff. So um, we see the York, we see them screaming, but it's just bubbles coming yeah, yeah. out of the water. Jake then sees a golden eagle again fly off. And start flying away. And Jake is like, I gotta go follow him. I can't let him get away. Tells Axe about Tobias, uh, who says, Oh, that would be a most that would be like most terrible news. Uh, and Jake is like, Yeah, well Take him to the barn, take him to the animal rescue. He tells him, and then it says, Well, Jake didn't hear any breathing from that bird. Uh, uh and David said he's definitely dead. Like he made sure. Uh and so um Jake is like, Axe. I'm going after him. And Axe is like, let me morph and come with you. And he's like, no time. I need you. We might have to do something terrible also. Uh, so I need you to go get Rachel. Which is crazy. That he's just like, give me, get me this one person. Get me Rachel, right? Like, of course. That's the person who you'd want for this kind of a at moment. Rachel's but, the one that you need for all of this stuff. Uh, there's an air chase for a long time. Um, and David mentions at some point, he's like, oh, like, hey, you've been in Morph a long time. And Jake's like, yeah, not as long as you or like that kind of thing. Um, and he's like, okay, well, you know, I was just trying to look for the right place to do this, but I guess any place will do. And then goes and lands on the roof of the mall. And Jake like goes and follows and lands also. And they it turns into see, a, it turns, it, so they, turns into a lion. They demorph and then they both morph tiger and lion. And Jake is kind of like, at this point, is like, all right, David, you wanted this fight? Let's try it. And they boom, fucking fight. Boom, boom, slap. Uh, they do. It's a big fight. Jake bites at his neck and then realizes that's what the mane is for and can't quite get to his neck. Yeah, you gotta go for the side or something else. So they're fighting and fighting and fighting. Uh, uh, then I have... Uh, we hit shoulder to shoulder and rolled across the roof. I was on my feet in a flash, but suddenly I realized I wasn't on gravel. My feet were slipping. My claws had nothing to grip. I was standing on glass. The skylight. Below me, I saw the dim night lights in the mall. I caught a strange, unreal glimpse of the Walden books and the baby gap beside it. It was a 20-foot drop to the upper mall concourse. David leaped. I couldn't grip well enough to move, so I stood defenseless as the tan blur came at me like a truck. He hit. His mouth was aimed at my throat. I jerked aside. He slammed into me, and there was a huge, world-filling shattering of glass. Down we fell. Down we fell, slashing and biting and trying to kill, even as the floor rushed up to slam us. And then, in midair, twisting to get my feet beneath me, I felt the teeth. I felt them sink into my neck. I felt the blood gushing. My, my, the tiger's blood. My blood. Falling, falling, and already the darkness, the darkness. To be continued. Yeah, yeah, the, and we'll pick, up, we'll pick up at the mall when the others find out about it. Yep. <sighs> David's ruining everything. He's ruining everything. They they brought this outsider into the mix. They thought it would be better. It's not. He doesn't. He's not a team player. He wasn't a friend. He's only looking out for himself. Yep. <sighs> it's a lot. It's a lot. And you, I I can't remember what you said. You oh you said in your predictions like we're gonna end off with them and like a prison cell contemplating that they're about to die. It's like no man. We're gonna leave off on a very different note than that. We have 
a dead Tobias and what yeah. appears to be a dying Jake. Yeah, Rachel's going to come in there and rip this David apart. <laughs> from Can you imagine what she's going to feel soon? She's going to just destroy. We've never seen her fully actualized in this way yet. I want you to remember that thought. For after lessons, because we're gonna okay. get to the we'll get to the preview of the next book in a second. But first, let's go to lessons. Okay, lessons. All right, in no particular order, as always. Here are my lessons. No particular order, as in the order you wrote them down as we were going through the story. <laughs> always bring a change of clothes to your destination. Yeah, yeah. Now you don't necessarily. It doesn't necessarily always need to be like a full outfit, but I'm gonna let you know. It, as an individual in his 30s, I bring extra socks yeah. and underwear and shirts. Dude, my just... backpack almost always has an extra pair of underwear, socks, um, a shirt, and then I usually don't bring like an extra pair of jeans, but like maybe like shorts, like or something. Yeah. You know, just just have some stuff with you just in case. You never know. I spill coffee on everything, and I hate when I spill yeah. coffee. Yeah. So having a change of clothes is a good idea. Beware of gangs of cheetahs. Now, I don't know how often this is going to happen in your life, but if there is a gang of cheetahs, stay away from them. They yeah. are very fast <laughs> buggers. They're going to get you. If you're going to harass animals, do it peacefully. You don't need to do it mean. Just be peaceful in your harassment of the animals. Uh, is that because uh, of the guy with the laser eyes? That's the laser eyes guy. Just just want to harass animals nicely. Uh, <laughs> If you have an issue or you are looking to solve a conflict with somebody, bring that person to the negotiation. <laughs> it doesn't help to talk about the Middle East if no one is there representing them. Correct. Have all parties at the round table so King Arthur can talk to everyone equally. Sure. Uh, this is, you know, people of, you know, people always write us all the time, David, what should I do with my money? I'm just saying <laughs> invest in wave gun technologies. I don't know when they're going to burst, but when all of this wave gun technology, if you can be on the ground floor, you're going to make a lot of money, a lot of money. Uh, Sadler is a terrible name for children <laughs> or anybody. Uh, I think Jake, it might be in the next book, but it is pointed out that, like, I think it's in this book though. Jake kind of mentions that like, oh yeah, Sadler, he's kind of an annoying kid, but like now I feel bad because like yeah. he's hurt. Like no one, even an annoying kid doesn't Listen, deserve to be hit by a car. You don't know what I mean? like, name uh, your kid Sadler or Sashley or 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 sad sad David whatever it is just <laughs> leave sad emotion out of a name. I wrote don't trust and then I lied to write what I was supposed to write. I don't remember it, so don't be trust. careful with trusting. Don't trust. <laughs> uh, what a lesson. Don't trust. In workplaces, you should invest in cubbies. Everyone should have a spot where they can know that it's their own, their stuff sure, is safe and sure. unharassed, right? Uh if you are looking for reasonable rates with second-rate rooms, check out a Holiday Inn. That's always a good option. You know what I mean? If you don't need the best thing, you can do with some crusty sheets. <laughs> Just watch out Holiday for Golden Inn. Eagles bursting through your window. That's right. My next lesson, it pops up a lot, but I feel like we can hit it home here. Say no to war. Yeah. Let's just, like, find another way out of this, okay? Yeah. Just like in The Matrix. We don't need a binary yes or no. There's always a third path. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, set up timers when you're in the kitchen you got all these things cooking set timers you know what your time limits are what are you waiting for listen to the beep so when they go off you know what you're supposed to no do no one wants to be a dog-sized flea that's right it's okay to cry that's yeah. a lesson i wrote yeah. down people feel like they need to be strong or afraid to show their emotions nope 
Let them out right Marco now. Marco lost his shit, and honestly, I love it. I love crying. <laughs> <laughs> David that's cries how I, in fr- that's, that's how I rationalize it to David myself. cries in front of me all the time so he loves it loves it a lot it's okay to cry uh, next lesson use your common sense just listen we have them try to think about situations when you can use your common sense uh, a great common sense lesson here as well don't touch lions even if they say it's okay yeah. leave that beast of the jungle alone don't put get it out of there, there. You don't know what your schedule is going to be like. You don't know if when you show up somewhere what you're going to look like. Invest in a glam squad. Get them on your Rolodex. Call them. Let them know. I'm going to be here. I need you to make me look nice. Get a glam squad in your life. Sure. Uh, a great lesson from this that, you know, it, it's instilled to you when you're younger, but very rarely does it move over. Learn a second language. I was literally you don't about know to say when that. German yeah. or French or Spanish is going to come up. Just a little bit to get around would take you a long way in this world. Yeah. Um, my next lesson here: either whether boy, girl, monkey, or squirrel, learn to tie a tie. You never yeah. know when it's going to come in handy. Yeah. You never know when an impromptu funeral's coming your way. Just, learn to tie a tie. Just look up your basic wins or not. You're fine. Uh, check. When you're going somewhere, whether you're going to a party or a get-together, check the time of the reservation. Know <laughs> Make what sure you're there time. on the right day, right time. Right day, right time. There's nothing worse than being a day early and then being all mad because you got yourself gussied up. That's not your f- problem. A great lesson from this story, and it pops up in some of our other stories as well, but it's applicable here. Don't kill your friends. They're your friends. Let <laughs> yeah. them be part of your team. I dig that, yeah. Uh, I wrote down... Uh, a good lesson from this, and it doesn't apply today because I don't think there's many of them anymore, but Walden Books, the worst of the bookstores. You know okay. what I mean? Like, okay. the, it was never as good as any of the other bookstores. And then the last lesson Dalton, I learned. that's for sure. Yeah, that's right. And then my last <laughs> lesson here, which is applicable to some people, but not everybody, but is don't trust Davids. Now, I don't know who that would be applicable to, sure. but if you have a David in your life, you keep them at arm's length. You don't know what their inner motions are. I'll tell you, generally speaking, I agree. Yeah, see, I trust this David, but that's because of years of us getting to know each other. I had other. to overcome a lot of prejudice. He's wa- to get I've, I've watched him when he's Let sleeping. Let me tell you a, about the fucking. I've watched David sleeping with a knife in my hand to see if he would do anything. He never did anything. He's a good sleeper. He's a very good sleeper. <laughs> I am a great sleeper. He's a great sleeper, and uh, those are all my lessons. I'll tell you one lesson I did learn is we got to record again real soon because I gotta hear what's gonna happen. Yeah, I'm gonna let you know. That much like many of our other tales, I think this ends in tragedy, uh-huh. and I don't think David. David's either I mean, there's being not thrown much way to come back to the team after this. I think he you know? either is so thrown into or the space other. or becomes an evil agent. I mean, ooh, the Godwin you know, has been think thrown, about that. You know? Maybe he if he turns, a, yeah, if he bad. turns, that's a whole other thing that we then they would about. know. Then they also, would know that we he's... didn't even get. Into, I didn't even write any lessons about fucking uh, 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 of holograms. Every, I'm going to let you know from this moment on, every time something happens, I'm going to be like, is this a hologram? Yeah. Is this real? It changes a lot of factors of reality yeah. the moment things cannot be what they are. I love that they pulled the double are. of like, oh, it's a hologram and a hologram. And it's like, oh, man, what a twist. And it's like, wait. 
It's a hologram and a hologram and a hologram. <laughs> right. Well, it makes me wonder if our kids can ever get some hologram technology. Because a lot can happen if you can project false there's a, images. There's a point in the book where Axe talks about how much energy it takes to produce a hologram like that. And, and like, it's yeah, difficult. But, but what about the chi? Like, they do it so easily and they maintain it around their body. And he's like, yeah... In that one sense, they're probably more advanced than even us Andalites. And he's kind of oh, like says it begrudgingly, but like otherwise, because I mean, the Yurks needed an entire ship's power to power this hologram. Right. That's just hovering there, right. shooting that thing. Right. Okay, David, let me see the next book, aka the death, the death of a stranger. Book number twenty-two is yeah. called Death on the Nile: The Solution. Oh, it's gonna be, it's gonna be death. It's gonna be death. The cover is Rachel. She's morphing into a rat. Oh yeah! Wait, wait, wait! What does it say? What does it say? No, what, no, no! What are the pink letters? What are oh. the pink letters? Uh, watch Animorphs TV on Nickelodeon. Yeah, we're on the I show. Told you, I have that entire show. Oh no, I didn't. You own I it. I told you that. Yes, I own it. So we can watch it at some point and do something with that. Oh. I, bu- I bought it specifically so that we could do something with it if we wanted to. We're gonna have to do something with it. Yeah, oh, I, I don't know how that, what form that will take because we can't just straight up like show show. An episode of a show we don't own, so it'd have to be like a watch along or a. a, a th- I'm not sure. I'm not sure how to do it yet. Maybe if you have ideas, show, for, uh, we might how, have to get an editor. We might have to bring an editor on to the just, team. If, yeah, if you have any ideas on how we could like somehow incorporate the the Nickelodeon show, like us going through episodes, or I don't know, whatever you feel, let us know because we're kind of I, I'm at an impasse on what to do with that. Is it if it's it's live action? I know, but I'm saying if it's. It there also doesn't certain... span the entire series. It, it got I know, I know, I know. That, yeah. But there are platforms that can you can do sh- stream-alongs. Like, if we all have Amazon well, my, Prime. My, my, my worry is that we don't own the rights to, to, to the Animorphs TV show. I'll get the rights. <laughs> Listen, I'll get the rights to the TV show. You worry about telling me these tales. Great. And, in fact, we will put it, a bookmark in this tale today so that we can pick up again right. next time. Yeah, but I'm excited because you said we've never really seen, like, imagine Rachel's response to what has just happened to Bias dying and Rachel, or, I mean, uh, and Jake seeming to be dying. Uh, now we get to see Rachel pick up from here. Hey, everyone. At this point, my recording cut out right as we were about to end, but we didn't notice until uh, after we were done recording the podcast. So I'm going to let Santel's uh, audio play, and what I've done is I've gone back and re-recorded what I was saying uh, pretty much exactly as I said it uh, when we recorded. So hopefully uh, there isn't um, uh, too much of 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 a weird halt uh, in this episode. Anyway, uh, thanks for listening. Okay, okay. Listen, I'm gonna have to go deal with... I have to go deal with all of this now. I need to quietly go into a corner and contemplate. Uh, I don't think that we lose one of the kids here, but I think we're gonna have maybe two or three of our Animorphs out of... out of commission. (laughs) Fuck you, David. He's not dead. Fuck Davids. He's gonna come back. David, I have... I have faith that Tobias is coming back, and I have faith that Storytime will be back next week. Thank you all for joining us for another exciting episode. Today's narrator and author has been David Miller. Not a listener, David. Okay, we will see you all next time. Okay, bye! our show thanks for coming round don't be sad no need to frown we'll have more stories don't throw a fit goodbye one and all and we'll see you in a bit oh man i wrote the page but i didn't write what page number (laughs) great uh
Just wrote whatever the first thing you see, just start reading. Just start reading yeah, yeah, yeah. frantically. Good thing we can cut all this. Here it is.